Somebody clap your hands unto him. Hallelujah. He's worthy of a praise. God bless everybody tonight. Uh, it's good to see your faces, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, I, I just pray that uh, this message gets, gets into everybody's spirit, and we could, we could know what, what are we doing here, you know? I mean, a life is short, and uh, sometimes life is hard, but we need to keep our, our focus, just like we heard on Sunday. We need to keep our focus on, on God and the things of God. And if we lose focus, then we're going to miss out. Um, I have a scripture I want to open with, and then I'll give you my title. If you want to turn your Bibles to Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 8, and I'm going to read verses 14 through 17. Give you a moment to turn there. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. like most of everybody's there it reads for as many as are led by the spirit of God they are sons of God for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. We are heirs. We are joint heirs. And we are the children of God. You may be seated. So I'm going to take my title right from that scripture, and uh, what I'm going to talk about or speak about tonight is Joint Heirs with Christ. Joint Heirs with Christ. Um, I will tell you, when I was preparing and studying, I found 26 references to the examples of the in the word heir or heirs that were found in the Bible. So this is not, a, this is not some um, obscure reference in the Word of God, and I've I've done some studying uh, in the in the past on adoption and how that was in in the days in the in the in the early church days, the first church days, and it was not the same as it is today. It was a whole nother thing. Uh, even in the Greek culture, the Gentile culture, to be adopted by someone was a great honor. It was an incredible honor. And uh, just a little snippet, and I'm going to leave it there. There was never a Caesar that ever ruled in, in Rome uh, that was a direct descendant of the previous ruler, of the previous Caesar. Every Caesar that ever ruled was adopted. They were adopted to become the next Caesar. So it's a great honor to be considered an adoption. We look at adoption as oh, it's a second hand or it's not, it's not the same as being a natural born child. It's actually preferential. In, in, the, in the text that we read in, in, some of the, in some of the examples that we find in the word of God. Uh, I've said this before, and you've heard me say this many times. Jesus' first words recorded in the Bible are, I must be about my father's 
business. I'm focusing on that word father's business right now because Jesus, he wasn't about his own business. Uh, he, he, was, he was God manifest in flesh, but he knew he had a higher purpose. He had a higher calling, and he had a greater responsibility than what his desires, what his needs, what his wants in this earth were. He had a greater, a greater mission to accomplish, and that was his father's business. And we have to be about our father's business because Jesus is God, and God is our father. And we need to be about our father's business, church. Each and every one of us need to be about our father's business. We have to be so single-minded that we, we know that's, that comes before anything else. We have to put it before anything else in our life. If we want to please him, if we want to, if we want to do right by him, if we want to receive the inheritance, that's what an heir is. An heir, I'm going to break this down just a little bit for some of the younger people that may or may not know. An heir is somebody who receives the, who receives the, uh, oh my goodness, the inheritance. I just said it. Uh, it's, uh, the inheritance from the father. That's what an heir is. It's somebody, it doesn't have to be a, a blood relative. It's the heir. It's whoever was designated by the person who's leaving that inheritance. It's in their will. They, they write something that's called a will or a, a testament of will. It tells what is the will of that person when they pass away. What do they want done with their belongings, with their, with their, it's, it's, it's commonly, it's more common in, in um, royal, royal type of situations. People who have great wealth and great uh, vast land and, 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 and money and other things that they're going to leave somebody, it's very, very common, that person is considered an heir. And they're treated as such their entire life until they become of age where they can assume adulthood or assume the position of the father when the father deems it to be so. So becoming an heir is a very important role. And each and every one of us are heirs to the kingdom of God. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He, he, he is the beginning and the end. We can't count everything that God has to give us. We're going to walk on streets of gold, church. We are going to be in heaven above, and it, everything is going to be ours because we are the sons and the daughters of God, Jesus Christ. Um, as Christians, our desire to please, to please Christ should permeate our whole life and our lifestyle. John 14 uh, verses 7 through 9 says this. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I bought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall thine inheritance and thy children's forever shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. There is a reward. There is a reward for us for following the Lord. There is a reward for us for obeying the word of God. When we follow the word of God and we obey the word of God and we are faithful to the word of God and to Jesus, we are going to inherit everything that, that God has to give us. And it's, it's amazing. It's just, you could never earn this. We could never be born naturally into something as great as the inheritance of the almighty God. 
Uh, it's great. It's awesome. Um, this was this scripture here was was essentially was Caleb speaking to Joshua about the inheritance, and he was prepared. He said, Moses told me because I came back with a good report, and Joshua, you came back with a good report. He promised us we're going to receive our inheritance here on earth. This is before Jesus Christ's time. This is, this is Old Testament. So they had an inheritance from God, but it wasn't a heavenly inheritance. It was an earthly inheritance at that time. Um, how do we know that Caleb had another spirit from the others when that went to spy out the land? It's because his report and what he saw and also what he did not see. He did not see giants. He didn't see a great army, insurmountable walls around the city because he was too busy being about his father's business. He saw the promise. He saw imminent victory. He saw his inheritance. That's what we need to be focused on, church. We need to be focused on this inheritance, this great reward that is coming. And it can come any day. It could come at the blink of an eye. Jesus could call us back and call us, call us up to heaven with him at any moment. The, wor the world is, is in a turmoil right now. It's been in turmoil for, I mean, honestly, it's been in turmoil for hundreds of years. But it's, it's, it's really, it seems to be getting worse. It, as the Bible says, it's just prophecy unfolding before our eyes. Inheritance, though, it has a price. It does have a price. You have to follow the rules. You're not going to get the inheritance if you're, if you're the, uh, if you leave your father's house and go and, 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 and start serving somebody else. You, you basically, you have disowned the father. If you don't follow the father's desires, if you don't follow what the father has in store for you and the plans that he's laid for you, you're not going to receive the inheritance. It's, it has a price. It has a cost. Today, it seems though everyone wants to and expects some inheritance, but nobody's willing to step up to the plate and earn the inheritance. We all just expect it to be given without question. It's like, hey, I'm, I, I earned this because I'm me. Uh, that's not the way it works. I mean, that's essentially what a lot of people are saying. Hey, give me what is due because my name is Phil Diaz and I said so. And it, do, it just doesn't work like that. We, you got to meet the conditions in order to receive the inheritance. The price for in, inheritance is faithfulness. The price for inheritance is holiness. The price is consecration. The price is becoming a soul winner. The price is obedience. The price is being about your father's business. We need to be about our father's business each and every day. Are you willing to live the life that God desires and prescribes for you to live in his word? It's very simple. It's right here in his word, church. If you want a, if you want a study guide, if you want a roadmap, if you want instructions on what you need to do to live good, to live right, to live righteously, it's right here. It's God has given us everything. Every, he equips us with every tool that we need to be successful and be with him in heaven above when that day comes. There's millions of Christians that have not changed one thing in their lives but expect to be rewarded without paying any price at all. And I'm not talking about this church or that church or whatever. I'm just talking about Christians in general. There's a lot of uh, what we call, you know, the Easter and Christmas only uh, 
uh, Christians or or they, they maybe they come on a, on a special day. Maybe they run up in, in Pentecost Sunday. Who knows? Th that's not being obedient to the word of God for sake, not the assembling uh, together. We need to come. We need to assemble. We need to hear the word of God. We need to hear what the man of God is speaking on behalf of the spirit of God and leads us to do better, to do something more in our lives. We need to be inspired to, 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 to do more and to understand, un unfold some of the mysteries that are in this word of God. It's, it's incredible. And I've heard some messages that have changed my life forever. God asks us to obey. He asks us to obey his word and influence over our life. He asks us to obey his ways, not our ways or the ways of the world. He asks us to, we must, that we must accept his source of strength. We can't depend upon ourselves. The world depends upon themselves. That's, what, that's the world's technique. That's the world's method. They go out and see, what can I do for me? And it's very, it's very, um, it's a self-centered uh, way of living. And Christianity does not teach that. We are, we are supposed to be givers. It is better to give than it is to receive. We are givers. We are doers. We are, we are God's chosen people. We must become the called out ones, the ecclesia. We can't stay the same after we've, we've had an experience with God. When God comes into our life and baptizes us with his spirit, it should change everything about you. It's going to make you a new creature in Christ. Uh, we are not going to receive the inheritance of the Lord by being just like the world. You must turn your will and desires away from sin and towards God and towards walking in truth and love. Romans 12 and 2 says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I'm going to pause right there. That's our reasonable service. God is not asking anybody for anything that we are not capable of doing, that we are not able, that he is not going to help us, that he is not going to equip us, that he is not going to send us. He's make our path straight. He's not going to he's not going to put you through everything that you don't want to go through. He's going to put he's going to make your way straight if you're faithful and if you honor his word. Um <clears throat> which is your reasonable service. It's not, it's not as difficult as some people want to make it be. Uh, verse, or actually number, number two, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to do that. That's what we need to do. We need to represent God in our bodies, in our thoughts, in our actions, in everything that we do, we, we should ask ourselves, what would God want me to do? What, what is God's desire in this circumstance? Whatever the circumstance may be, that's why prayer is so important. That's why prayer is such a, a, such a great tool because when we don't know what, what direction we're going to go, we need to turn to God. We need to lift our hands, lift our head, speak to God. God, help me. I need you. I need to know Direct my path, God. I'm here for you. Use me. Uh, you have to become a willing vessel. One of my favorite scriptures says this. Trust, Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. 
in all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I have a question uh, for the church right now. Has anybody or everybody, probably, have you ever heard the expression, you are what you eat? Has everybody heard that expression? And I'll break it down for some of the eighth graders in the house, soon to be, soon to be high schoolers. Um, you are what you eat. It's saying, like, if you eat junk food all the time, if you eat hot Cheetos day in, day after day, it, it's gonna, it, you're going to turn into a hot Cheeto, okay? I mean, that's what it's, that's what it's trying to tell you. Uh, if you eat good food, healthy food, you're going to get big and strong and taller than your dad, probably. But, but it's important that you know what you are consuming, and we're not just talking about food. We're talking about there's many th ways that we, as human beings, we consume information. We consume food. We consume uh, sound. These things come into us. So with this expression, here's what I, I want to know. What are you consuming spiritually? What is let into your heart through your eyes, through the words and even the music that you're listening to? These things have an impact in your life. The spoken word is very powerful. I've learned over time. I, I, I'll tell you, I'm going to just take a little quick sidebar. One of the things, one of the, the best things, I could tell you this right now, one of the very best things that changed in my life when, when I received the Holy, Holy Ghost, and it happened pretty quickly, was my speech changed. I was in the military for, at that time, about 17, 16 years. Um, I didn't have the best vocabulary, let's just say that. And I changed it right away, but I, I, it didn't happen overnight. It took time, but it, it was something that inside of me, I knew I needed to make it better. It's not because I read it in the Bible. It's in there. Okay, trust me, it's in there. But it wasn't because I read it. It's because I knew it. God gave me revelation saying, hey, this is not the way a Christian comports themselves. This is not the way a Christian speaks. And if you're going to represent me, you're going to have to change a few things, starting with your speech, starting with those words coming out of your mouth. Let's, let's make them better. Let's, let's speak life. Let's speak truth. Let's speak love. Let's speak those things that edify and lift people up. You, you can tear people down with words. You can hurt people with words. It is, it's possible. Um, we need to be aware of the spiritual battle that is being fought all around us continuously. Uh, the devil doesn't take any days off, church. The devil doesn't take days off. So if you're taking days off and the devil's not taking days off, he's going to gain ground on you. So we have to be Christians every day, each and every day. We're not, we're not part-time Christians. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, are we perfect? No. None of us are perfect. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we try, and we put our best foot forward. And guess what? I'm going to be better tomorrow than I was yesterday. I'm going to be better tomorrow than I was today. I'm going to be better next week than I was last week. I'm going to be better next year than I was last year. You're supposed to grow. It, it's a process. We, we need to build up our spiritual strength, our spiritual warrior that's inside of us. We have to build that up. Day by day, there's a spiritual battle that's happening, and, and the devil wants your soul. The devil wants to take you to hell. That's the truth. Uh, the marks of a Christian come with a price. Everyone's looking for inner peace. Yes, 
I'm, I'm still looking for inner peace. I think I'm real close. I mean, I'm like, I don't know if I've hit the whatever those, you know, wacky things are called that they, you know, when you meditate, nirvana or something like that. Uh, I'm not there, but I'm really good on inner peace. I know that was peace was the my prayer. That was like people say, that's my jam. That You know, that song comes on the radio, my jam. Well, when I went to prayer, peace was the prayer. And I don't know if it's be just because I have four kids that don't live with me anymore and I'm just down to one, that might have something to do with it. But I'm telling you right now, God will give you peace. God, if you pray for peace, God's going to give you peace. This world is not going to give you peace. This world is going to give you problems. This world is going to give you trouble. This world is going to give you grief. This world is going to give you tears. You, you don't want those things. I don't want those things. Let's have peace. I want to have inner peace, and I want to have freedom from the stress that is characterized even in Christians' lives. Even Christians. Do we go through it sometimes, church? Yes, we do. We're going to go through it sometimes. But, but we have God. We can turn to him. He is our strength. He is our strong tower. There is a price. There is a price. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, that Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. Sounds a lot like I must be about my father's business, doesn't it? Because his mind is stayed. It's right there. It's where it needs to be. We don't need to have our mind wandering off into what galaxy I live in and what is that star doing or how big is that, that, that sun out there. And I mean, that's great. There's nothing wrong with information. But is that really going to impact your life? Let's focus on the things that make a difference in our life. Let's focus on Jesus Christ. Let's focus on the word of God. Let's focus on church. Let's focus on lifting one another up. Let's focus on fellowship. Let's, I mean, there's so many great things that we have in this world. I'm not giving this up, church. I'm never going to give it up because it's too good. It's too good. Matthew 5, 6, 16 says, let your light shine shines so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven that means you're supposed to be doing good works i'm supposed to be doing good works i mean holding the door for somebody that's a good work that's 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 showing that you care that's showing that you appreciate someone that you respect them uh you know shaking somebody's hand you know, giving somebody a call or giving somebody a text of encouragement. Hey, I love you. I miss you. Uh, you weren't at church last week, and I, I hope everything's okay. Is there anything I can do for you? Th these are good works. Those things that, I mean, don't good works is not some pie-in-the-sky idea. Good works is just doing, doing good things that help people, that helps people see that you are a person that has caring and love and interest in them. Uh, there's people that have never, probably never heard positive reinforcement in their entire lives. I know, I mean, I know some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and I can see some people nodding their heads, and it's true. It's because some people don't grow up in Christian homes. Some people don't grow up in peaceful homes. It doesn't matter if they're Christian or not. Some people grow up in homes that are abusive. Some people grow up in homes that, that are very hurtful. And one good word to them could change their entire life. It could change their entire life. That's a principle that we used to work on when I was in the military, when I was in the Nevada National Guard. I ran a group called the Drug Demand Reduction 
uh, section out of the counter drug task force. And we went around to schools and to community organizations all over the entire state of Nevada. And what did we do? We tried to encourage kids. We tried to give them encouragement. We ran camps where we would take them out of their situation and put them somewhere away from all the hustle and bustle of life and put them in a, in a safe environment where they can really absorb the information we were giving them. You, you keep them right there in their hood where they live, they're not going to hear you because they, they have their walls up, their barriers are up. But you transport them somewhere different and you put them in a program and you, you speak positive things to them. You teach them, you show them that you care and you want them to succeed and you would be amazed what can happen in somebody's life. You don't have to be a, a military drug demand reduction guy to go out and encourage somebody. I, I'm telling you right now, anybody can encourage somebody right now. We can all go out and encourage somebody right now. Matthew 7 and 20 says, Jesus said, wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. We need fruit, church. We need fruit. We need love. We need joy. We need peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. These things, I pray for these things. These are the things I pray for. These are, these are the things we should all pray for. These are gifts from God. God can give this to us. The world will not give that to you. The world is not going to give you peace. The world is not going to give you love. They'll give you false love. They'll give you something that's an imitation of love. They will try to fool you to thinking that what they're giving you is love. But it's not love. It's just, it's a, it's a trick. It's, it's, it's a trick. They want to they fool you so that the, you will go along with their program and do what the world's doing. We don't, we don't play that game, church. We're not here to follow after the world. We're here to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Almighty. There's a price for the inheritance. There's a price for what we're talking about right now. You can't obtain the marks of a Christian, the identity of a Christian, simply by trying to act as if you are loving or at peace. It doesn't work. That's not how, that's not how it works. When you try to please Christ, character results. When you try to obey Christ, you end up serving others because that's what he motivates you to do. Still, it's not as though you are straining to produce lots of good works. Rather, these good works are a natural response of your life because you have a new love and allegiance. This is a word I've taken from something called practical Christianity, and it's, it resonates with me. This is saying that if somebody is living for God, if somebody is, is living their life for God, you're going to see it. You're going to know it. You're going to hear it. You're going to feel it. You're going to experience it. It's not just going to be words coming out like you get when you go to the world. That's just words. But when somebody really loves you, Don, if somebody was trying to harm you, I'd put my life on the line for you. I would do it. I would do it for you because I do love you, and I love each and every one of you. I was willing to do it for strangers. I was willing to do it for Uncle Sam. Why wouldn't I be willing to do it for anybody in this church? And I would. That's love. That's because I care, and, and God has given me this love. I want everybody to have that love. That's, that's a goal. <coughs> that's not too difficult for me, but it may be something that others might need to, to work on. And I understand that. It's, it's, it's probably not easy. But I'm telling you right now, we're here for one another. We need to, we need to lift up one another. This is church is a great church. It's, it's a gift from God. I mean, this church, I don't know where I would be. 
If it wasn't for this church and for God, I don't know where I would be today. We must become servants in order to be exalted. If we're going to move up in the kingdom, if we're going to move up, we need to be servants. We need to be doers. We need to be people who are going to do what the word of God tells us to do. It, this is the safe path. This is the, his yoke is easy. His yoke is light. I don't want to have that heavy yoke of the world burdening me every day, waking up. I've been there, church. I've been there. Waking up, not, not even waking up. I'll start, I'll back it up. Go into bed, dreading waking up. That's how I used to live. I used to go to bed dreading I got to go to work tomorrow, and I hate this job. I literally, that's how bad it got at one point in time. And it wasn't just for a day or a week or whatever. It was for a very long period of time. But I'm telling you right now, I did it, and I gave it my best because that's where I was, and I want to let my light shine. I'm not going to go there just because I didn't enjoy the physical aspect or whatever the aspect of my work was. I'm not going to go there with a terrible, stinky attitude rubbing off on everybody and being just like the world. That's what the world does. I still was reaching people. I was, hey, hey, you want to come to church? We're having a revival. You want to come here? We're going to have a youth connect. You want to come here? We're doing this. We're doing that. We are, we're doing things. We're not just sitting around. We're, we're having a, hey, we're going to barbecue. We're going to go party at the lake. We're going to have, we're going to have food. We're going to do that. You know, we're going to do all these things. We're not boring. Church is not full of boring people. We're real people, but we have a purpose, and that purpose is to follow God and to follow his word. You cannot fake it or put on a show and please God. You can't fake God. It's impossible. God knows everything. He sees everything. You can't fake it. This does not simply or only apply to how we live, but it also applies to how we think. We have to start with our mind. That's where the battle begins, right between your ears. We need to start there. We need to start with our mind. We need to focus on things of God. We need to focus on godly things, good things. We don't need to be focusing on just like I'll say it resonated with me when Brother Poindexter was here talking about uh, looking at Instagram or TikTok and this and that. That stuff is a waste of time, and it doesn't belong in a Christian's life. It's, it's a waste of time, and it's, it's, most of it is, is immoral. Most of it really is. And if you're looking for that one good thing and you're sifting through 50 bad things to get to that one good thing, then that's probably a bad thing altogether. I'd scrap it and move along. And when he started preaching that, it kind of convicted me because I, I look at Instagram, but that's not my goal. That's not my priority. God has something more for me. Yeah, it's okay to have leisure activities. It's okay to do this thing or that thing. Just, just stay right. Just keep, it, keep it right. You are your own watchman. You have to be your own watchman. And there's also things called accountability. You can have an accountability person. A lot of time, the spouse, they accountable, they're accountable to one another. And I'm going to get there in, in just a second. Deuteronomy 1 and verses 35 and 36. Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land which I swear to give unto your fathers, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, <laughs> I think his name, he shall see it, and to him will I give the land that he had trodden upon, and to his children. The question is, why? Because he hath wholly followed the Lord. Heart, soul, mind, 
strength. Everything was to the glory of God. That's how we need to live our lives. We need to live our lives to the glory of God. I remember when Pastor Hood uh, first came in, and I think it was might have been one of our um, mottos of the year. I'm not quite sure, but I do remember he was preaching on excellence. He was that was his that was the thing. It, everything was excellence, excellence, and I learned a lot through that. I mean, I, I learned a lot that I, I learned that I could improve, that I could I could do better. I could I could go a little further. I can give a little more. I can try a little harder. I want to represent God to the best of my abilities. I don't want to represent God to the worst of my abilities. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, and, you know, I lost my job, and then my dog died, and my goodness, can you spare a dime, my friend? I mean, that's, that's not God's will. That is not God's will for us. That is not God's will for you. That is not God's will for anybody here. God has great plans for you. How much of yourself are you willing to give to God? That's what we're talking about. Are you waiting on something better to come along? Well, guess what? If that's the fact, then you're going to be waiting forever because nothing better. There's nothing better than the Spirit of God and, and the Lord and serving Him. There's nothing. You're not going to find it. You wouldn't accept a part-time husband or a part-time wife, would you? Would anybody do that? What's the point? Why would you even get married if you're going to, eh, well, you know what, I'm going I'm to spend a three days a week with you. Then I'm going to go see my boys for another day or two over here. And then I'm going to see some other lady on the side for, you know, two more days. That's not marriage. That's not commitment. That, that's not right. Who, but how can you do, you can't do that with God either. You can't say, God, I love you, but, but I'm going to sin because I have to or because I want to, really. That's what, the, that's what it is. You don't have to sin. God's not going to make you sin. God's not going to force you to sin. We need to, we need to talk to him and, and get the power to overcome sin from God himself. God's not going to settle for anything less than all of your true love and your true self being given to him. You can't, you can't fake it with God. You cannot pull the wool over God's eyes. It's impossible. Inheritance has a price. Inheritance has a price. I'm going to go one step further, and I'm going to tell you that the longer that you've been living for God and your family has been living for God, the higher the price is going to be. The longer you've been in this thing, the longer you've been around, and everybody thinks, well, you know, all, uh, it's just great, you know, my, my grandpappy's grandpappy and so on and so forth. He was a preacher and all. That doesn't matter. What matters is what do you know? Do you have truth, and are you following the truth? It, it doesn't matter if your daddy's the pastor or the, the under pastor or whatever you want to call it, the assistant pastor. Uh, that, that doesn't count for much. I mean, not in God's eyes. You are responsible for yourself. The price is going to be higher. Luke 12 and 48 says, to whom much is given, much is required. Well, guess what? I don't mind that. Because much has already been given to me. This life that I have, this air that I breathe, the love in my heart, the peace in my heart, in my mind, and my life, and my children's, that's what, that, you can't put a price on that. There's no way you could put a price on that. So give me more, God, because I will serve and I will do whatever you ask. Just, just load me up. Load me up like a big old truck. Uh, whatever it takes, God. You got this, you got that. Use me. Send me. The world even has an expression 
for the same thing that scripture says, and that says, with great power comes great responsibility. That's the world's version of Luke 12 and 48. How much are you willing to pray or pay for this precious gospel? How much are you willing to pay to see your babies go to heaven? We all want our children to go to heaven. And there's babies in this house tonight. And I have a baby in the house tonight. He might be a teenager, but he's still my baby. And I want him to go to heaven. How much are you willing to pay to walk on streets of gold? And I'm not talking monetary. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about how much are you willing to put forth of yourself, of your being, of your time, of your talent, of your effort. How much are you willing to give to God to make it into heaven? I've heard it said, I've heard it said this way, and many of you have heard the same thing. Um, salvation is free, but it will cost you everything. I don't know if anybody's heard that or not, but I've heard it a few times, and it's true. Salvation's free. It's not going to cost you any number. You could have a billion dollars, and you cannot buy it. You cannot buy salvation. You cannot trade for it. You can't barter for it. You have to work for it. You have to follow the word of God for it. You have to turn into the new creature that Christ wants you to become if you want that salvation. Salvation and inheritance has a price. We must be living a life that is sold out to God. And if the musician would like to come, I'm going to come down the home stretch. I don't know how long I've been going. I, I really don't... Uh, I don't track time too much, but I'll read you a scripture while they come. Lam uh, Lamentations 21 through 26 says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. How many wants the salvation of the Lord here tonight? Let's stand across this building. I'm just going to talk a little bit more and finish this up. God's will is going to be accomplished. I'm going to repeat that just so you understand what I'm saying. God's will, God's desire, God's plan is going to be accomplished. It's a fact. You don't have to, you don't have to believe it, but it's a fact. You must figure out whether or not you are going to be part of it or not. That's the question. Am I going to follow God's plan for my life? Maybe you're wondering, how do I follow God's plan for my life? Well, first you have to surrender your life to him. You have to ask him, God, I need you. Forgive my sins. Repent of your sins. I need your forgiveness. I need your spirit. And once you get the spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, his spirit's going to lead you into that life. He's going to lead you to clean your language up. He's going to lead you to, to dress a little differently. He's going to lead you to act a little differently. He's going to lead you to be a different person than you were before you had an encounter with the Spirit of God. 
Are you completely sold out today? We need to have the same spirit of the Lord that Caleb had and be ready to put it on the line, no matter how much it seems that the odds are stacked against us. No matter what comes against us, we will prevail in the end. God is faithful. These altars are open if you want to come pray. Let's ask God to strengthen us. Let's ask God to direct us. Let's ask God to, to, to give us a way that is his way, to take away the pride, to take away the greed or whatever the thing is that we're facing in life that's affecting us negatively. We need to let go of those things and we need to, we need to reach forth. We need to reach out for the things that God has before us. Leave your past behind. Forget about your past. If you're going to be a soldier in the army of God, you first have to surrender to his will in your life. With God, all things are possible. If God be for us, who can be against us? You cannot lose in living your life for God. We win. We win, child of the Most High God. Living for God is a gift. Life living for God is a gift. There's no better life. There's no better thing in this world than finding God and His direction and His forgiveness and His love, His tenderness. The world can never give you anything that God has to offer. He paid the price for you and me and all that will call upon his name. What price are you willing to pay? Oh, church, let's take some time and pray right now. Jesus, I need you, God. I surrender to you, Lord. I know I've, I've done this before, but I'm doing it again, God. I failed. I'm human. But you are not, God. You are perfect. You are all in all. I need your spirit, God. I pray right now, God. Move in this place, Jesus. Fill us with your spirit, God. Make us a better version of ourselves. I need you, Jesus.
God bless y'all, church. There's a special spirit in here right now. I desire to serve you, God. The reward is greater than the sacrifice. The reward is greater than the sacrifice. Whatever you have, God, for me in my life, I will say yes. I want to follow you. I want to follow your word. I want to follow your spirit. Guide me. Guide each and every one of us, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to hear your voice. Each and every one go with God tonight. Let's shine our lights. Let's invite people to church. Let's do God's will. In Jesus' name, God bless each and every one.